Today we're in week five of our Revelation series, and we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 18. And before we get to this text, I just want you to think for a moment about the world's greatest powers. This is a great question for your small groups and your mentoring relationships. You know, what were the richest men in the history of the world? Who are the richest men or women today? Who are the most powerful nations today? Because in Revelation 18, John is getting this vision about these powerful nations. Now, America is certainly a powerful nation, maybe the most powerful nation in the history of the world. And that's why I think as Americans, we really should pay attention to Revelation chapter 18. Today, we're going to talk about leaving Babylon. And here's the first thing we're going to learn. God has the authority to bring judgment to the world's greatest powers. And that means for us as Christians, it's wise to align ourselves with Christ instead of earthly empires. Let's take a look at verse 2. John says this, he gave a mighty shout, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. Now, we've talked before about reading Revelation through four different lenses. And in one lens, Babylon is talking about this Old Testament nation called Babylon that came against the people of God. In the first century lens, probably what's being referred to here is Rome itself. In the future lens, we're talking about some great power that's going to come up in the last days. We're not sure who that's going to be. But in our contemporary lens, as we think about it today as Americans, Babylon can be any nation that sets itself up against God or even any global corporation. But look at what verse 3 says about this Babylon. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. And then verse 7, she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow. I have no reason to mourn. Now, when I read these verses, they really grab my attention because I live in relative luxury. If you're an American, a typical American, you probably do too. So I think we shouldn't just be quick to sort of pass over these verses and think that this is talking about something else or somewhere else. The truth is, as Americans, we really should pay attention anytime we see the word Babylon in Revelation. See, God commands his people to pursue holiness and leave Babylon. This is a call to separate ourselves from everything that is anti-God. Look at the plea in verse 4. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. And in 1 Peter, this warning, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. The word holy there means set apart. The Bible says that God is holy. He's set apart. He's completely different from us. But the Bible also calls us to be Holy. What that means is to be set apart from our culture. Now, there's a strange tension here because the Bible says we should live in the world, but we should not be 
of the world. So we're not supposed to just separate ourselves from our friends and cloister in little religious groups and not impact anyone. That's not at all the message of the Bible. But many Christians need to pay attention to this because as you go through this topic, as you read through Revelation 18, God just might be speaking a message to you today. So ask yourself, is there something in my world? Is there something in my culture that it's time for me to be set apart from? But here's the good news, and there's always good news. God's judgment is always right and good. And even though we deserve wrath, God graciously offers salvation through Christ. Let's read a couple more verses from Revelation 18. It says, Rejoice over her fate, Babylon's fate, O heaven and people of God and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. And verse 24, In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. Now, I know it's hard to read about the judgment and wrath of God in this chapter, but think about it like a courtroom scene. God's faithful ones, the martyrs, the followers of Jesus, hopefully will be counted among the number of those faithful followers. They're standing there waiting for God to execute his judgment on the world. And God's judgment is always good. And it's always right. And the truth is that sin in the world isn't just out there. Sin in the world is in here. It's in each one of us. We should all stop and think about how these passages might be speaking to us. But then we need to remember this, that God is merciful, that his mercy is greater than his judgment, that he has provided for salvation for all of us through Jesus Christ. If you're watching this today and you've never received that salvation, you've never responded to that salvation, I encourage you, even as you read Revelation 18, even as you learn about leaving Babylon, I encourage you to make sure that you put your faith in Jesus Christ so that you can receive his mercy instead of his judgment. 